Welcome to the X Church Podcast. Glad you're with us today. Today it is me, Hunter Croft, along with Kristen Wire. It's, Hello. It's just the millennials. Last yes. week was the millennials <laughs> and me. This week it's we are the millennials. Yes. There's, there's no one else. And today we are going to talk about um, joy and and um, gladness in God despite um, suffering in our lives. I think a lot of times people think that that joy is something for for when things are going well, but I think that's happiness. I, that's what I, I've d- drawn a distinction between happiness and joy. So we're going to talk a little bit about that and um, get into some of that. We David preached on Acts uh, chapter 16 verses about 22 through 25. I don't remember the exact verses. You can look on on our Vimeo page to see um, that sermon. And so he talked about um, contentment despite circumstances. So we're going to talk about that a little bit today. Um, so this this week we um, we did a little triple date. Yes, it was fun. Yeah, it was me and my wife Taylor and me and my boyfriend other Hunter or Chewbacca because he's very hairy and people <laughs> think that he looks like Chewbacca. <laughs> a little bit. You can yes, just trust us. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, then my sister in law and her boyfriend all came with us. Funny story. So my sister in law's boyfriend was my little brother's one of his good friends growing up. And it's just funny because we, so I grew up in Spokane and he grew up in Spokane and I met this girl in Portland and we started dating. And then like three years later, her little sister met a guy from Spokane and they started <laughs> dating. So now, um, now I, I hang out with my brother's little brother's old friend, um, as my He's not my brother-in-law, but he's my sister-in-law's boyfriend. Yeah. So that's funny. That's a Spokane's a small world, huh? I guess so. <laughs> I don't know. I've never been there. I know nothing. It's about bigger it. than Vancouver. Oh, okay. Actually, um, but it, it feels smaller. Yeah. Yeah. So we we went to a basketball game, an NBA game. Saw the Blazers playing. The and Mavericks. Yes. Shout out Dallas. Me and Hunter, we um, moved to Washington from Dallas. Yes. Um, I want to say like two and a half years ago. So we went because to rep our, our Dallas team, yes. even though we didn't have any of their memorabilia, we just went in regular <laughs> clothes. We still cheered for them. <laughs> yes. And it didn't do any good. So no, they lost. They, they, they lost, lost a lot. <laughs> Which we know we, we were, of course, Taylor and I were, of course, rooting for the trailblazers but secretly we kind of rooted for dallas because we wanted to see a good game and we didn't which they they kind of closed in a little bit the second half was better than the first half for sure but yeah, it was a good time. Uh, what do you think of your first? Oh, this wasn't your first NBA playing. It was like my game. second. Yeah, um, it was fun. So my first one it was a Mavs game. I don't even remember who they're playing, um, but it was a few, probably like three and a half years ago when I saw that game. Um, I don't even remember if they won, but it was a fun experience. This was more fun though because of the people I was with. I felt like it was really good community and bonding um, with you guys, and it's it's really nice to have. People, more people my age in the church. I mean, there's definitely a couple, but since you guys have started coming, it's brought like a bigger group of millennials, yeah. I guess. We, and we doubled the size of the millennial population. You really church, did. You, you really <laughs> did, which I, in in my opinion, has definitely been a blessing. And so it was fun to hang out with you guys and um, get to know you guys better. And yeah, I had a lot of fun. Yeah. I kind of, I don't know if, if you got this vibe at all. I kind of felt bad because I was so tired that night. I was... Well, and, and also knowing, yeah, so this was Saturday night that we went. So we had church the next morning. So yeah. my mind's already kind of getting frazzled by all of it. Just there's a lot of details that go into right. 
um, Sunday, Sunday morning. morning. So I was a little just like pre-tired for that. And then also I had worked just a bunch that day and the day before that. So I was I was a little sleepy at the game. And, and see, I was a little bit off my rocker because I was really excited to hang out with you guys. and felt <laughs> like I had like me and Hunter were like, oh, we haven't hung out with people in like so long. So I was like really excited to like have all this social interaction. And it was like really hyper. Yeah. And so I was kind of like off my rocker. But I could sense that like you were really tired I and was, chill. So I was trying to hold back. But I was like, blah. <laughs> I, I, I think I was just about, so I clapped whenever a good play happened, at, but besides that, I was, I might as well have been watching on a TV screen, because I was just kind of, I think I, I literally was leaning my, my face on my hand the entire <laughs> game, just watching, just kind of zoned out, and I mean, I enjoyed the game, I, I didn't um, not enjoy it, but I was not... Focused. I was not energetic. Yeah, with, with, yeah, I get that. that. So we'll have to go to another game sometime. That would be fun. All right, so... The topic that we we're talking about is is having. Well, let me let me read to you the passage. Um, I'll give you a little context. This is out of Acts 16, starting in verse um, 22. We're, we're dealing with uh, with with Paul and Silas, um, and they are in. Oh, where are they? They're in a town, um, and basically this this girl who is possessed by a demon, um, which is causing her to babble and basically give prophecies um, and making her owners. She's a slave to these owners who are using her um, for those for that demonic possession and prophecy to make money there. People come to them um, and give them money and they'll send them to her so that she can uh, make them or she'll make prophecies and make them money. Um, and and so she's following around uh, Paul and Silas and just annoying the heck out of them. Um, what does it say? She says uh, these men are Jews and they are. Oh no no I'm I'm reading the wrong spot. She is following them around and crying out. These men are servants of the Most High God who proclaim to you the way of salvation. And this sounds like a positive thing, but I think it was more of a mocking tone. You can you can watch the sermon um, if you go back a couple sermons in our. Vimeo page. Or on our website. Yes, on our own website. We've got them all up there. Um, if you look under our Acts um, series. And so um, what Paul does is he ends up casting the, the demon out of her. So no longer, she's, she's no longer able to prophesy, which of course makes her um, owners mad because now they have lost all of their profits. Uh-huh. David said that in the sermon. And I don't know if he meant to do the the double play because you know he lost they lost their money and they lost right. their prophetess. Um, so I, I like he's that. not one much on puns. So maybe he didn't do it on purpose, but I, I think it's funny. That's a wordplay though. Uh, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna differentiate that from a pun. All right, whatever. <laughs> I don't know if there's a difference. Um, and so yes, they they are upset, of course, and they rile up a crowd and they throw um, Paul and Silas in jail. And so, um, starting in verse 22, um, I'll, I'll read, The crowd joined in, attacking them, and the magistrates tore the garments off them and gave orders to beat them with rods. And when they had inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them into the prison, ordering the jailer to keep them safely. Having received this order, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And that's where we're going to stop for today. Um, 
David preached on what happened after that um, just this last Sunday. So you can look at that sermon as well um, to see the follow-up on that story. So um, all of, all that, that that passage kind of points out and is kind of clearly showing how, how backwards it was that Paul and Silas get thrown in the jail. And their response is to go praise God yeah. while they're, while they're in jail. And Naked so often, and beat up and yes, bruised yeah. and bloody and just not sounding like they're having a great day. <laughs> and I think, I know I do this. I kind of cartoonize the Bible because it's something I've been hearing since I was a kid. So right. I, I, when I'm watching cartoons and I hear a Bible story, I kind of cartoonize it in my head. Um, and that's kind of how a lot of these stories are stuck. But if you think about it, I mean, these guys were, I mean, if you think, think about a homeless person who is, is living just in really rough circumstances and imagine somebody comes along and beats him up and puts him in jail. That's probably what Paul and Silas looked like at this point. They had been mm-hmm. traveling a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, they're dirty. Yes. And smelly. Yes. It's not just like they're in some nice plastic toy jail. Right. They're like probably that. like in a den, something yes. like that. Not yes. like a not like jail that we have these days, but like. And here it's they rough. are. They're they're praising God and. And it's a shame that that's not our reaction when, when similar situation, not, not that we've ever had a similar, I don't, if you have had a I similar have situation to this, I, I want you to come talk to us on this podcast. Cause that sounds, um, like a really interesting story. So, um, let us know if that's Please. your, if you're, you're, you've been in that situation and it, it happens, you know, um, there have been stories of this happening, um, not in America really. Um, but, but there's a lot of missionaries, I think. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It happens where, um, you're in a country, especially in, in Muslim countries, um, that it's illegal to be doing anything gospel related. Yeah. Um, maybe in China too. And so, um, aside from those, we're not, I mean, have you, what would you say is the most severe uh, persecution you have encountered for your faith? Nothing like that. Nothing that extreme. Um, Probably the biggest persecution that I've gotten um, was probably when I was in university, just like snide comments, like and sarcastic, condescending comments like, oh, you know, you grew up in the Bible Belt, so you know what's going on and you know everything that's and like you're intelligent, which whatever, I'm not even going to. Like that was, sarc- that was a sarcastic yeah. statement. Right? Yeah, like yes. they, they just like kind of discredit what I have to say and take it as not important because I'm small and narrow-minded and I believe in Jesus Christ, which is such an awful thing, which yes. is what they make it sound like, but it's yeah. not. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, there's, and that's like a, that's sort of a social persecution. I would, yeah, I'd and that's that. not even like a physical, like I've never been beaten up for my faith or yeah. anything like that. It's really just social judgment. and But it's, it's funny because it's still scarring enough for you to like, it's still scarring because you like later have like a hesitation about like sharing yeah. a gospel. It causes or, you to recoil. Yeah, yeah it really yeah. does. And like rethink and be like, oh, should I really share this in this moment? Or am I going to look stupid? And like the den- enemy definitely gets in your head and uses it next time you're wanting to speak about the gospel or say anything about God. Like, oh, remember what happened last time you did that? Like you sounded like an idiot, which is all lies of the enemy. And it's just stupid. But like he definitely uses it. We're, we're made to want to be liked. Yeah. 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 Um, and and if you don't want to be liked, there's something wrong with you. So um, if if you're if you're dealing with that same situation, don't think there's anything wrong with you because you're afraid um, to do something that might incur some some judgment from people around you. But um, also be glad that 
that judgment is not in the form of a beating in yes, jail. <laughs> for sure. I've been very blessed that my harshest persecution has been social. And yeah, for me and personally, so I went, I went to a Bible college and so I didn't get a whole lot of persecution for my faith there. Um, and the college or the high school I went to, it was a public school in Spokane. And I never, I don't remember ever really feeling any type of judgment. I went to, um, we had a FCA meeting on like Friday mornings. That was Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And, you know, there would be different teachers coming in to talk at that. And um, it was run by teachers. And so there was just a lot of of um, people of, of faith in my school, just kind of inadvertently that just happened to all be at this school. And there were for sure um, teachers who were, who were atheist. I, I, and, but they were all very... None of them were the token um, bitter atheist who doesn't, who's just angry at Christians. Mm-hmm. They were all very um, reasonable um, um, atheists, I would say. They were all very um, willing to encounter people who, who are Christians. And so I never, I don't think I ever had any type of persecution. The greatest persecution I probably had um, was... I don't know, from friends who used to come to youth group with me who stopped coming to youth group because they were busy with other things. And that's not persecution. That's um, people growing apart and yeah. and prioritizing things differently. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, <laughs> reading this passage, it's like, whoa. Yeah. That is not my, my scenario. So is there anything that we can gain from this this passage is is kind of the question that you... We were, we were discussing what we're going to talk about in this podcast. Yeah. We're going, well, we... We've really had fairly easy lives as We've far as been very the blessed. World goes. Yeah, yes. um, we don't have a lot of of suffering, um, but um, and, and so I'm sure that we we're probably much weaker in this area than than many others. And we're um, still super young, so like true, I feel like yeah. the longer life goes on, like the more suffering circumstances you encounter, and like you know more people die, and you have you suffer from loss and bereavement. And I've just I've been very fortunate in my life to where I've had a couple of grandparents pass, but like that was when I was younger, you know. And it's not like I've just been very blessed that like de- death is not something that I've ha- like I've had to go through and I had to experience. And for that, I am very thankful. Um, but like again, it's just. I feel very fortunate and very blessed in my life that I have not had a lot of these circumstances where I've been beaten or abused or neglected, you know? And so me and Hunter were both like, well, what do we talk about? Like, we yeah. know that we've suffered, but like in perspective of a lot of people and even in this scripture and in this passage, like we have been very blessed and God has protected us and been good to us. I mean, God's good to everyone, but like in, in this uh, circumstance, particularly that we just haven't had any of these struggles and, um, so yeah, that was yeah. It's kind of like, oh, what do we and, talk about? <laughs> and if you're in a similar situation as us, that's not to to discredit you in any no, way. No, no, um, no, no. You know, you, and you still, it's not to discredit your your struggles because um, you know we know obviously you and I still have struggles. They're just oh, not sure. quite as um, severe, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's what we want to talk about is how how do we have joy and contentment. Um, despite whatever circumstances, I think mm-hmm. I think the key idea is regardless of of good or bad, to be content in God. And I think that's something that I probably have struggled with in part because I have not had to deal with 
with any significant problems in my life, it's almost given me um, an entitlement, which, mm. you know, that's a, that's a word for, for us millennials. A millennial word. <laughs> yeah. But it, I think in a way it has given me a sense of entitlement that um, I don't have to feel joy and contentment unless I'm happy. The thing about happiness is, is that things can be great and you cannot be happy. Things can mm-hmm. be terrible um, and you can be happy. Well, so I'm going to call that joy. Yeah. You, if, if things are terrible and you are still managing to to find gladness in your heart, I'm going to call that joy. Joy right. is something that pervades um, your circumstances. Happiness is something that comes because of circumstance, circumstances. But happiness can not come even when your circumstances are good, um, which can probably be evidenced by any time I've not been happy in my life. Right, and I'm, I'm going to also put a spin on it from saying that happiness can come from very materialistic things. Like, mm-hmm. happiness can come from relationships, it can come from material things, mm-hmm. it can come from our circumstances in life, but really, in my opinion, and in my experience, joy only comes from the Lord and having a relationship with the Lord mm-hmm. and um, having hope. Like, I, it sounds so cliche, but like I really do feel like joy and hope, like, they, they are together, you know, like there, there's no point in having joy if you don't feel hope, if you don't see the possibility of hope. And that's where I think like it, and again, I'm only speaking from my experience. I can't say that people out there haven't experienced joy who don't like love and believe in Jesus. But I just think that like Jesus is the anchor of joy and having a relationship with him is where you find your joy. And so in my, in my opinion, that's kind of the difference between happiness and, and joy. Yeah. So the joy is something that is not dependent on whatever circumstances right it's you're in. deeply rooted it's mm-hmm. like something in the heart you because, know something profound yes the world can the world can beat you up for for casting the demon out of their their prophet the world can right, do and send all you to this, prison yeah and send you to prison um, the, the world can do all these things but that does not change who God is and who exactly and what he has done for your life you can't you can't go back and and take Jesus off the cross. You can't go back and convince Jesus not to die for our sins. Um, you can't go and somehow um, put me in a category that God does not um, love or anything like that. Mm-hmm. You know, we're we're secure in that. And I think that's what a lot of um, people who struggle with uh, a lack of contentment, especially if, if you're a Christian, um, and I'm not speaking to you as if, I, I'm somehow better in this. I'm, I'm saying I, as a Christian, when I'm feeling that discontentment that, that so often I do, it's usually because I am taking for granted that, that ongoing commitment from God that he loves and, and has done all this for me. And so, um, when I'm feeling discontent, it means that I have somehow missed the mark on what I should be focusing on. Right. And I think also discontentment comes with like, oh, I'm not getting my way. Like, I don't have what I want. Like, things aren't going the way I planned them in my head. Like, um, for instance, you know, you would have asked me two years ago where I would be right now. And it would not be working at Axe Church doing podcasts about being content in life. You know, two years ago, I thought I was going to be going to grad school, pursuing my education, getting my PhD, because um, education was something I really honestly idled and like overly valued in my life. And um, but even though that's not where I am right now, and even though education is still really important to me. Um, I'm content with where I am. Like, 
even though I would have never imagined that I was going to work at a church and be heading up a children's ministry, you know, like I, it's a scary job. It's a big job. And I had a lot of fear taking it on and going into it, but God has taught me to be content in that and mm-hmm. to find joy in that. No, it's not the way I wanted it to go. No, I'm not where I want to be. And, you know, sometimes the enemy likes to throw that back in my face. But I think it's really joy and contentment that I find in Christ, knowing that I'm doing what he wants me to be doing. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing what he um, what He has planned for me and I'm being obedient and mm-hmm. I'm listening, you know? And so I do, I'm thankful for that and I rejoice in that and I do find contentment and joy in that. Yes. It's it's that worldly view of what success is. Exactly. Um, that, that can sometimes undermine mm-hmm. our contentment in Christ. For sure. Um, I'm... I'm in a somewhat similar situation. It's not very similar, but the timing and stuff is similar. You know, so my wife and I, we live with with her parents. And um, if you asked me two years ago if I would be living with my in-laws, I mean, there's nothing nothing against my in-laws at all. Um, but it's just not, it's not what I had pictured for my life, you know. I imagined, you know, f- four and a half years ago, I moved out of my parents' house and had no real intent. I mean, at that point, I probably, I, I did move in with my parents for like a month that next summer. Um, but I had no intention of, of ending up living with my parents or my wife's parents. And um, so I can, I can get really discontent in that. And it, something, something deeper in my life that I've noticed a pattern of is this, um, this always looking to whatever the next big thing is, mm-hmm. you know, um, from about the time I started middle school, it was always um, graduation yep. from high school. You know, you just wanted to get out of school, yep. wanted to um, get out into the real world. Everything was a waste of your time. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's how I saw it. And, and I don't think that's that's unique to me. But um, And then it was when I got to college, it was, um, you know, getting married and, and graduating college. It was I just I wanted that next the, the grass was going to be greener on the other side of yeah. that. And, you know, marriage has been great. It, it is, the grass is greener. And and graduating college has been great. And um, it, these are all good things that I was looking forward to. But you, if they undermine your contentment in the moment, that's where I think it becomes sinful and harmful to your process. It's a, right. if you just had, if you were born, graduated from college and married, that process is what, you're missing all the value in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think to an extent, I, I missed out on some of the, the things that high school and college and singleness had for me because I was so um, fixated on those things in the future. And that's something that I see myself battling now as I am um, waiting to get my own place to live with my wife. Um, I see that as a similar thing where I am too focused on on what is ahead that I'm, I'm sabotaging myself in the, Mm -hmm. in the time in between, you know, and I'm, I'm not relying on God for my contentment. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm all of a sudden my joy is dependent on my circumstances instead of being dependent on, on what God, God has done for me. And so that's something that I am having to repeatedly remind myself of. And I think that, um, we all should be reminding ourselves of is that we do not get our contentment from our circumstances, but, um, from from who God is. Yeah, um, Psalm 113 talks about suffering and, you know, David is, David talking about, um, he's just really honest and vulnerable with I God. Know. Our pastor wrote 
Psalms. Oh, not that David. Oh, different David. Okay. D- different David. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I just, that's why I really admire the Psalms is I feel like um, sometimes prayer can get so watered down and so artificial and so, um, and are just something that we do when someone's struggling or when you're struggling, you know, but I read the Psalms and I see how vulnerable and honest David is with Lord, with the Lord. And, um, you know, he just says, Lord, will you forget me forever? You know, how long must I be sorrowful in my soul? Like, why are you doing this? He's not afraid to question God, which is just like amazing to me. Cause growing up in the church, you know, you're always told like God has a reason. God has a plan. Don't question what he does. Just have faith. Yeah. But that's so unnatural. You know, yeah. it, I think it's, it's part of us as humans. We, we long and we, we want to know why and we want to understand, you we're know, probably going to be fake if we're, if that's a reaction. Right, right, right. And so David is just so honest and, and vulnerable with God. And, um, you know, he's just, and when he prays in Psalm 13, he says, consider and answer me, O Lord, my God, enlighten my eyes. And that for me is just like, he's so direct with God. Like he's asking him for something really specific. Like, just give me an answer. He's not like, oh, you know, God, whatever's in your will, whatever you want. Like he's very specific with what he wants God to do and God to show him. And that's just so inspiring to me because you can be, it, it just, I need a reminder of how to be real with God and how to be honest with God and how to show him my emotions and be honest with him. And David's not afraid to tell God like, Hey, I'm hurting. I'm suffering. I'm struggling. Like help me, teach me, answer me. Like I need an answer, you know? And at the end of Psalm 13, David, um, really does what we're talking about today. And that's finding contentment and joy in the Lord. Um, Psalm 13, five, I have trusted in your loving kindness. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. And so just what, like four verses ago, David was saying like, why, why? Like kind of being super dramatic, which I relate to because I'm really dramatic. Just like (laughs) how long must I suffer and be sorrowful in my heart? But at the very end, he goes, but I still trust you and I still love you because you are so good and you're merciful and you're faithful. And I know um, that even though I'm suffering right now, I'm going to sing and praise to you because you're still merciful and you've dealt bountifully with me. You've still been gracious to me. You still love me despite how I'm feeling and how crazy I'm feeling and how out of control everything is. And even though this is not where I want to be, I still trust that you can provide. And like, I know that a lot of Christians like say this kind of stuff all the time, all the time, like, Oh, the Lord will provide. Don't worry. Don't be stressed about it. But for me, there's like a head knowledge of saying that, like the cliche way of saying that. And then there's just knowing it in your heart where I feel like the real joy and contentment comes from is really understanding and trusting that like God's got you where you're supposed to be. And yeah, you're hurting and things are suffering and things are hard and this is not the way you planned it. Um, but God has purpose and he, he's still merciful to you and he still loves you and he's not going to abandon you and he's still got you. And so, um, Anytime I find myself um, whirling and sorrowful and overwhelmed and stressed, I really just go back and read the Psalms and admire how honest David is with the Lord and go before the Lord in prayer and try and be just as honest as he is and ask for God's help and um, just remind myself of his faithfulness. And so that's something that I've just recently um, have really started clinging on to in, in my adult life. I don't think I had this faith when I was, you know, 15. Cause like you said, you're concerned with 
the things of the future. I think that's yeah. just something that, again, doesn't only plague you, but plagues other people our age and probably even adults of, okay, I have this, but I want to be here. I want to be better. Always I want to set this. Thing. Yeah, I want to set this expectation. Um, but just remember that like God will meet you where you are regardless of where you are. If you're in the pit with the lions or if you're on a mountaintop rejoicing, like he's going to meet you there and he's going to provide you with what you need. Um, and it's just, you just, you've got to rejoice in that and be content in that. And that's always a lot easier said than done yes. <laughs> for sure. And I, I think it's a path that we have to walk. Um, like that passage shows it started out with David didn't just go like, he didn't internally go, Oh, life sucks. Hey God, I love you. Everything's great. Like, yeah, he, he exactly. He wasn't putting up this face for God. Um, he wasn't putting the horse before the cart or the cart before the hey, horse. Hey, you said it right this time. No, I, didn't. I, oh, I purposely okay. said it wrong. <laughs> the second time you did. <laughs> if, if you heard our last podcast, I, I mistakenly said the horse before the cart, which is what you're supposed to do. Um, but you, so often <laughs> we put the cart there before the yep. horse uh-huh. because we, um, <laughs> what we do is we, we try to fake, oh no, everything's good, God, everything's good. I, I don't have a problem with you. Um, mm-hmm. Like, like it's a boss that we're upset yeah, at. Yeah, we like tiptoe around it. Yes. Yeah. Um, like God's not like, I don't know if it's because we think God's not able to handle our issues or if because I think we just think that we're not supposed to, like God's supposed to be good. So why would we ever be bad or why would we ever be mad at him and, right. and um, have an issue with what he's doing? And so um, it's this path that, that I think I try to walk whenever I am especially upset about something or, or just having a rough week on, I try to walk this path where I go, where, where I'm in that place and I am willing to, to rejoice in God. Anyway, I'm willing to go before God and say, Hey, I guess, you know, I guess, you know, that this is, is not how I want my week to be going <laughs> yeah. right now. Um, why? I don't know why this is like this. I'm, I'm pretty upset about it. Um, I know that you want the best for me, but I don't understand this mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm ticked off about it, but, and usually after I admit all that to God, you know, um, there's this, there's like a piece that kind of washes over mm-hmm. me and, and suddenly I, it's like, it's like all the, what are the circumstances are, all those things are, are kind of fogging up my life and I'm not seeing things clearly. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden when I do that and I can just be real with God and say, God, these are my issues. Take them away, please. Um, the issues don't go away, but suddenly I am able to um, see through them. I'm yeah. And you're not shouldering them. them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's a path that I try to, um, cause so often in my life, something gets me down and it turns into a, a two week long down spiral of, of being fake to God, you know, um, being in leadership of the church, you, I mean, you have two, three weekly appointments where you have to appear as though you are you know, in love with God, you know, yeah. you to, that, 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 you know, it's like you expect that you are a good, strong leader and yes. you have your stuff together yes. and you can do it. Yeah. Um, there, there, are, yeah. Multiple times in a week where, where you're kind of expected to be like that, or at least you expect that of yourself. For sure. And I think um, that's like what church, at least old church culture, especially us growing up in the church has put on us and yes. like what we have grown up seeing. Yes. And I do think as leaders, we should be um, quicker to get to that place when, when these things get in our way. But so often we, um, we, and so 
so I, I have some sort of issue in my life and it's really got me down and I just ignore the fact that, that that happened and I show up to church or something and I just act like everything's good between me and God. I don't have any issues and, and it, it, that does not help. That does not help no. me get over it. Um, an hour afterwards, I am back in a pit, um, just digging myself deeper yeah. um, and, and being upset about whatever it was. Whereas if I had gone to God and said, hey, God, I don't know the solution to this. I don't think that there is. Maybe there's just no immediate solution. Um, but I want to worship you anyway. I want to to spend time with you this morning uh, at church or something like that. I want to be fully present with you um, despite these awful circumstances, um, however awful they may be. Um, that is what's going to make our worship authentic. And I think right. that in a way, I think that these, these difficult things in our lives can, can, can launch us into more authentic worship. Mm-hmm. Um, and relationship. Yes. Yeah. They can, it's, I, I talked about this in, in the orientation class that we did in the Devo. I only did one Devo and, and in it, I talked about worship, um, being the worship leader here at Axe Church. Um, I talked about how when, when your circumstances in life are, are down like that, um, whether it's something really serious like, like a death in the family or, or some sort of big issue, or whether it's just, I didn't like this conversation I had with this person. I'm kind of feeling um, unsure about where I'm at with them now and something like that. Um, whether it's, it's one of those two things, if you're willing to humble yourself before God in that moment, you've already taken care of the first step of worship, and that is humbling yourself before God and, mm-hmm. and seeing that relationship um, as it is. And then you get the joy of, of being able to just be in relationship with God and mm-hmm. spend time with Him during our our two hours of worship on Sunday morning, or hopefully, you know, that goes beyond just Sunday right, morning. Right, right. It's your life. You're yeah. worshiping through your life. Um, and you just can't do that without first accepting this this thing that you're holding on to. Right, accepting your unideal circumstances, whatever they may be. Mm, yeah. 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 Um, and so that's, that's uh, I think, being the worship leader here, that's that's kind of how I see. I'm, yeah. I'm always seeing how, how things can relate to worship. And that's how I see um, this contentment, um, despite whatever circumstances you're in. I mean, sometimes for me, I don't know if this is true for you, Sometimes great circumstances for me will also detract from my worship of oh. God and my contentment because because maybe it's I got this new for me it's camera I got a new <laughs> camera and and all of a sudden I'm getting my contentment from that camera um, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with getting um, new toys or something like that that you can get enjoyment from but as soon as you start getting contentment from that you're going to use up all the contentment that you can get out of that thing pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Um, if Christmas in my childhood ever taught me anything is that it, the toy, the enjoyment of the toys usually only lasts about a month. Yeah. And then that's like, Even Oh, I want best, a new one. Yeah. The very best <laughs> toy I ever got. I probably um, was really into for a month and then I probably kind of gave up on it after a while. And so, um, or at least the contentment that maybe I still used it, but the contentment that that brought, that I allowed that to, um, 
to give me that the the way that I allowed that thing to give me contentment in my life has dwindled and I'm left feeling empty again. Yeah. Um, and that's that's the the danger of good circumstances in life mm-hmm. is that we are getting our contentment from those things. And then all of a sudden those things aren't giving us contentment anymore. So we're looking for the next thing. And um, man, if I if I fall into that, I'm just always, I, I'm becoming more and more materialistic because yeah. you're looking for material things to give you that, that contentment that they're just stuff. It's not yeah. going to be able to um, give you lasting joy in the Lord. For me, I do definitely struggle with that. It's just, it's not, my contentment isn't found in material objects, like cameras or Christmas gifts or whatever. Um, I tend to find my contentment in people. And relationships with people, mm-hmm. whether that be my relationship with my boyfriend, my friendships with my friends, my relationship with my boss, with my mom, with my family. Um, I put all of my eggs in that one basket and really like that's where I find my joy. Oh, my mom's proud of me. You know, like I did good. Or I did this, this, and this in my job. I'm successful. My boss is proud of me. Like, go me. I'm doing great. I'm on fire. Mm-hmm. I'm awesome. Which is like all pride, <laughs> you know, because yes. um, God doesn't, or I don't do those things. God does. Um, and so for me, I, I definitely find my contentment in, um, in relationships, you know, instead of letting, instead of thanking God for those relationships and asking him to use me in those relationships, um, to, to, um, show people his love or whatever. I really just, those are my relationships. This is what I get from this relationship. And I need to do this in return for this relationship. And that will make me feel good or that will make me feel bad. Mm -hmm. Um, and at just like people make really crummy idols like that relationships mm-hmm. make really crummy idols because whether the expectations are all on you to fulfill those circumstances or someone else, that's just a lot of responsibility to put on one person. Yes. And, um, that's a lot of stuff to put on one person, whether it be your spouse, your significant other, your friends, your mom, your daughter, your kids, whatever that is, like people are going to let you down. People mm-hmm. aren't perfect, mm-hmm. you know? And so I find myself more and more every day as I'm getting closer with Lord, wanting the Lord to be all those things for me. I want him to be my best friend. I want him to be the ultimate relationship and confidant and mentor and discipler. And I want to find my delight and my joy in the Bible and not the advice I get from my friends or what this person tells me or this or this. And I want God to be proud of the works that I'm doing for his kingdom. And I want that to be more important than what my mom thinks of me or what Mm. my boss thinks of me. And, um, And I think it's so easy to when you use relationships to as an idol and to fill those contentments in your heart, it can be, it's so easy to get drained and then be like, Oh, I'm a terrible person. Like I wasn't there for that friend. I didn't help them do this. Or I'm a terrible Mm -hmm. daughter because I didn't meet this expectation. It can flip flop so, so easily. Like you Mm -hmm. said, probably even shorter than a month than it would be with a camera. One day you can be the best friend ever. And the next day you can feel terrible because you didn't answer your phone and your friend was going through a crisis. One, one statement, one, one, one statement you should have said. Right. Yeah. It can be so easy. And so for me, I definitely think I, I find my my joy and my happiness in in personal relationships. Now, while I think God can redeem that and um, and use my my gifts and my um, and my love for personal relationships to bring others closer to Him and bring me closer to Him, I think that 
I think that I needed to learn that people make crummy idols mm-hmm. and that I can't like, can't I, your contentment right. They them. can't be gods, you know, yes. and, um, I can't be perfect. And that God still, like I said earlier, God still loves me and he wants to meet me where I'm at and, um, comfort me and be my healer and provide for me and give me joy. Um, because there's no personal friendship, um, boyfriend relationship, family relationship that I've ever had that's brought me as much joy as um, following Christ and loving Christ and worshiping Christ. And mm-hmm. that's why, again, like I said, I just, I think Christ brings so much joy into people's lives. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to uh, just just pray about this, um, if you'll pray with me. Uh, God, thank you for this, this medium that we can use to discuss um, things to bring us closer to to what you have for our lives. Um, I thank you for um, the contentment that we can have in you for your consistency and your um, love for us that is not dependent on our circumstances or how we are behaving, but that it just transcends all of that. And so I want to pray for all those uh, who, who are listening to this right now, who um, may be dealing with, with issues in their lives. Maybe they're really significant or maybe they're, um, not all that big. I just pray that you would give them contentment and joy in you and that they would, um, press into you and take whatever they have, whatever they're holding onto and just, just give it to you and that they would pray right now and, um, just spend some time with you, worshiping you, um, despite whatever circumstances are in their life. And the same goes for those who are, who are happy with, with where they are, who are really enjoying the circumstances in their life. I pray that they would not let that overshadow your superiority to um, whatever circumstance they are in, that you would be at the center of their lives and that you would be um, just this, this unwavering rock that will not leave whenever these circumstances change, but that you would be um, more and more apparent to them in their lives. We thank you for all that you are for us and just pray that you would um, continue to draw us closer to you and put those things in your name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, thanks for listening to that podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. It was good talking to Kristen about all those things. I think that, at least, I don't know if you got a lot out of it, but I got a lot out of this conversation. So um, thanks for listening. I hope that it was as meaningful for you. If you haven't heard of us before, um, we are Axe Church. We're located in Camas, Washington. You can check us out at axecamas.org. We'd love it if you could subscribe to this uh, channel, whether you're listening to it on iTunes or SoundCloud. Um, give it a review, give it a like, give it a comment, anything to kind of show us um, um, how this is impacting you so that we can continue um, providing podcasts that are that are meaningful to you. We don't want to um, just, I mean, this would be great, I guess, if we could just have our own discussions here and and uh, put them out there and just get it for ourselves. But we want it to be something that that also ministers to um, you, whether you're part of our church or not. Um, Speaking of which, if you're not part of our church, we would totally recommend that you find a church um, near you that is um, teaching the Bible and is healthy and can help you grow to be stronger in Christ. Um, And you can't just do that through podcasts and through listening to sermons. Um, It has to be something that is done in a relationship with other Christians. So we encourage you to do that. Thanks for listening, and we will catch you again next week.